Down and down again. Oh. I got so high, left my frown in the wind. Oh. Hard, I tried, never try it again. Cause these niggas is lying again. Oh. I'm a black lion, I roll like a tire. Girl, in my dreams, I don't sleep, I don't oh, find her. Shit. If they sleep and they need a reminder, this is for niggas who think we minor. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. I am the slow chemical, and this is your Monday show. Hope you guys had a great Christmas. I'm actually recording this on a Saturday, the Saturday before, so it's Christmas Eve, house sitting again. Um, so, I want to get something out of the way. So, I, I was going back and forth about a lot of this, and you guys are going to, you guys are going to hear this n- next week on these shows. My uh, indecision, my, like, how do I do this, how do I word this, like, you guys are going to hear all this. <laughs> um, so essentially what I did was I was about to record the prediction show and the top 11 stories of 2022 and stuff like that. And, I was going to record it all as one show. So it was going to be the top matches, top this. Dude, I've said, you know what? I'm probably going to go into some some detail that I don't usually go into. Because these are me, like, naming them. Right? And, and going through reasons why this for, is for me, right? I still haven't done my top 11 matches. Matter of fact, as of this recording, I'm still missing one match. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do that on next week's show. And so... It won't be its own show, but it'll be like a part of the normal Monday show. So I was going back and forth, and so I recorded uh, like the top 11 wrestlers and top 11, uh, yeah, top 11 men wrestlers and top 11 women wrestlers of the year. And when I was done recording that, you guys probably hear the dog groaning, um, as this were being recorded, I go like an hour. And I was like, holy crap, this is going to be like a three-hour thing. You know, so I record that. It's an hour. I said, maybe that was an anomaly. Because as you guys know, you guys are fans of this show. You guys listen all the time. Um, like, legitimately, I try to keep these things into bite-sized portions. So sometimes it's me rushing. Sometimes it comes off that way. And sometimes it's just, that is what it is. Which is why a lot of times I, cha- I change, like, the way I wrote the notes. And that I put at the top the things I want to talk about. So usually like the first 30 minutes is what the big stuff is. And then like the last 15 to 20 minutes is just the, the sandwich. The stuff you guys already seen, you guys just might, 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 want, you might want my opinion on it. Excuse me. So I was like, no, nah, that's probably just an anomaly. So then I recorded the top 11 stories and my predictions. The predictions part was like 10 minutes, 15 minutes maybe. I didn't go an hour, like almost close to another hour. I was like, okay. I made the right decision here by splitting this shit up. So, what I'm going to do is on Saturday, New Year's Eve, we're dropping the top 11 wrestlers of the year, men and women, on Saturday, New Year's Eve. New Year's Day, we're dropping the prediction show and the top 11 stories of 2022. Monday, we're going to be dropping the regular Monday show, which will be the final Monday show before the hiatus. And then Tuesday, four days fucking straight, Tuesday will then be the wrap-up of the DCEU. I have not recorded that yet. As a matter of fact, I'm probably going to record that in the next couple days. Um, But it will be four straight shows. Boom. So that way, if you want to listen to the bite-sized portion of the Monday show, you can do that. Either way, it will be four straight shows you guys will have 
to keep you entertained for as long. I know some of you guys listen to the show straight straight through. I know me personally, what the thing I enjoyed, especially during the pandemic, pandemic was when um, I'm gonna say pandemic twice was when um, like some of the wrestle had these long content shows, these long long shows, and like it was like four hours, and I would like break them down. I actually listen to the first hour, take in everything I gotta get because remember you gotta get through his commercials anyway. And I would do that. So I know sometimes you guys do that, and sometimes you guys just breeze through it. So either way, it'll be four straight shows to end uh, this run, and then we go on hiatus for a little bit. But I wanted to give that note because like, you guys are gonna hear the indecision in these recordings. You guys are just gonna hear it. You guys are gonna hear a bunch of fuck ups. I kept it all in because for me, it was. It's a, so I say this line uh, about China, complete accident. I was gonna edit it out. And I said that's just because I saw Justin James and authentic, especially since I didn't mean it, you know. And I was like, you know what? Let me keep this in, and let me just because that's the thing about these shows. You hear the flaws. You hear people trip over themselves. Like this, this is not like something where it's like recorded and then edited over and over and over again to make it sound super polished. You know, I just no. It's just, it's what I like about other people's podcasts. It's what I like about. Uh, when you hear them make a mistake and they laugh at themselves, so, you know. Uh, but I want to give that heads up. So that's that's the format. <laughs> New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, January 2nd, January 3rd. Four straight shows. Boom. You're welcome. So anyways, let's get to let's get to the today's show. And if this show comes out late, um, it's because I'm house-sitting. And the person I'm house-sitting for does not have Wi-Fi at the moment. So there's no way I can actually hook my laptop up to do it. So I might actually have to drive home to then use the Wi-Fi to then... Oh, I guess I could go to Starbucks, right? Huh. Probably could. We'll see. Anyway, this show may or may not come out late. We'll see. Anyways, today's show, we start off with Mercedes Fernando, a.k.a. Sasha Banks, has reportedly arrived in Japan ahead of her supposed, supposed, air quotes, air quotes, you guys have been doing air quotes, uh, New Japan debut. I will warn you guys, let's, let's, I, did, I didn't do this last week. Dude, pace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. Pace yourselves, because if she doesn't show up, it's going to be a lot of disappointing people. Do I think she's going to show up? Yes. Or do I think this was, this was definitely leaked on purpose? Uh, so, let's say this. The higher-ups for New Japan probably were like, eh, we probably shouldn't leave this. But at the same time, tell me what's hot about New Japan. They had a bunch of buzz from Forbidden Door. They've had some great outings, but they have been a cold product due to the fact that most of their shows have had to take place in the States. Like, Okada has been over here a lot this year. And and they just and they can't cheer over there. I know that they said recently they can't cheer, dude. You can't fucking cheer over there. It's been kind of a cold product. Just reality of it. They've had an up and down year. This had this was clearly leaked on purpose because they need the buzz for Wrestle Kingdom. I watch Wrestle Kingdom every year. I don't get to watch it live because fuck that. It's being up at three in the morning just to watch that shit. But this makes it destination television for when you wake up. For hey, I'm gonna stay up all night, pull all night, and watch this shit. It, it makes it destination television for that reason. So, um, but caution yourselves in case she doesn't show up. Do not, 
Uh, remember, New Japan never announced anything. New Japan themselves never announced anything. And some unfortunate news, Coco Beware is in the hospital, so speedy recovery to him. Actually, I had to meet him. Uh, was it this year? Was it last year? It was last year, actually. Um, yeah, it was last year. And just take some backgrounds. Actually, this actually is a cool segue. So I don't know if I, I don't know if I spoke about this in the podcast. I probably did, but I'll say it again for people who are new. There were a lot of new listeners. Um, so last year, uh, I go to this comic book store here in Colorado, and uh, one of the guys knows I'm into wrestling, you know. Um, and he was like, "Hey, man, just so you know, we're having this like this, this mini convention or whatever, and the Godfather and Coco Beware are gonna be there." And my first thought was, "Coco Beware, okay, you know, whatever." And um, I was like, that's cool, I guess. And that doesn't do anything for me. But Godfather, fuck yeah, I'm going to get an autograph, right? So I go up there. It's like 40 minutes from my house. Um, that's where I used to work at. And so I go in. Godfather's not there. Coco Beware's there. I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll get an autograph from Coco Beware. Talk to Coco Beware. Couldn't have been nicer. Um, I had this picture of Owen and him that was... Uh, Autographed. I mean that he 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 said it's like he's like these are the only prints I have left of this. He was like I had so many and now I don't have any. But I guess he could get some more. I'm assuming, right? So he's technology. Anyways, so we ends up we end up talking for like ten minutes. You know, super nice guy, whatever, blah blah blah. So uh, many uh, shouts out to him and positivity for him, so that way he can uh, get the energy to get out of the hospital. So. Uh, um, much prayers to him. Vice parent company, excuse me, the, the parent company of Vice, the company that uh, the, the network that does Dark Side of the Ring, uh, Dark Side of the Territories, etc., etc., uh, they are projected to lose $100 million in revenue this year. But don't you guys worry. If you guys are thinking that that's the end of Dark Side of the Ring, not true. Dark Side of the Ring is returning and it's currently in production right now, filming now the producers have show pictures on social media that they're doing right now. But this could be the last season. You guys need to remember where it is. You guys have to remember. They lost a lot of... I don't want to say credibility. They lost a lot of uh, contacts with that plane ride from hell. That plane ride from hell episode made a lot of people look bad. It even, I remember like watching the reviews of that particular... Um, episode and when it comes to that I don't usually care about people's opinions right but I was curious about this because this set the world on fire Tommy Dreamer got suspended from his job and now Tommy Dreamer came off as a complete asshole on that so like that was kind of warranted the things he said can be said in private because those are your personal feelings and because this is a good friend of yours blah 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 right and I get it I get it I do we all say things in private that like, we would never say but he said it out loud. He made the victim seem lesser than, especially when the victim came out and spoke. That was the first time we've had the victim come out and speak. But in many ways, they did lose some credibility because they didn't even get to put the, the right plane ride from hell together. Like some people, some wrestlers were talking about a plane ride from hell with other people on it, and the other ones talking about other people on it. So it was quite confusing. And so um, they clearly. And I don't know if they knew this or not, but it clearly did not like take Sorry about that, someone was calling me, uh, which actually is the first thing that's actually happened with this. 
Um, so, um, anyways, the point is, um, they lost a lot of credibility with that part of it. But then a lot of the wrestlers, man, they regretted it because I know Jim Ross said he wouldn't be participating with, with any more of it because he felt he wasn't shown in the right light. He felt a lot of things were edited to make him look bad. And I was like, okay, you know, cool. I, I guess that makes sense. You know, um, you feel that way, you feel that way. Um, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you shouldn't feel that way. That's just not how I operate. Um, however, you know, I remember watching some reviews of that and people were saying how bad Robert and Dan looked. I was like, Robert and Dan didn't say anything. Robert and Dan was just himself. Like, Robert and Dan like, didn't crack any jokes. He didn't say, hey, my Kyoto looked bad. My Kyoto was like, man, he's going to kick out. He's going to kick out. <laughs> like, my Kyoto looked bad now, girl, because he was laughing. Dude, this dude, like, he was laughing at fucking Scott Hall, like, passed out of Somas. You know, so I was kind of like, okay, like, but once again, everything is hindsight now. I've heard those stories on shoot interviews so many times. I've heard the plane ride from hell story almost, not 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 not, not, not as much, but almost as much as I've heard the fucking Montreal screw job. And I'm like, yo, like that's you know, that's saying a lot. I've heard so many wrestlers tell it. Everyone's always laughed at. I'm tearing out. It felt different because it hit harder because we had the victim, one of them, uh, speaking for the first time. It wasn't just wrestlers telling the story. So now you have these wrestlers still telling these things that they thought were funny at the time, which, if we're being real, we, some, we all laughed at it. I remember when I first heard this story from Playwright for Hell. Dude, this was, like in, this was like in the late 20s. Like this was like, it had to be like 2007, 2008 when I first heard these stories. I was like, wow, these motherfuckers are crazy, you know? And and that, once again, every, because there have been so many plane rides called the plane ride from hell, it's hard to decipher which one, but but until you hear all the stories. So, I don't know who's going to interview for this. No, obviously, they went out of their way to make Martha Hart feel welcome, feel respected, uh, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, like, th- the big names they were getting, they probably won't get those big names. They may get wrestlers who just have nothing to lose. They're not signed to any deal. No one actually wants them. I don't want to hear Alberto Del Rio talk. He's a piece of shit. (laughs) You know? So, like, I'm not saying they got him. I'm just saying, like, for example, someone like that. You know? So I would be aware and manage my expectations. You know? Because they, they got some big names, but a lot of people felt burned by those people. So, um, just be aware of that. But yes, they are still very much uh, on track to do their season. But I would expect this, honestly, I would expect this to be their last season now. Just, just being honest. Um, but yeah, um, just just be aware of that. So anyways, a new trial date has been set for Jeff Hardy's uh, DUI case. Uh, the Godfather, friend of the show, recently had a hip replacement. So uh, I know he said before we went on air earlier this year... I know he was saying he was getting a bunch of surgeries done. I think he even said on air he had just had a surgery. But I know he told me off air he was going to get a bunch of stuff taken care of this year. So good for him for actually following it through. Rich Swan re-signs with Impact. I mean, shoot, dude. I mean, I think he's had some great success there. Why would he leave? Like, I feel like I feel about him the same way I feel about Jordan Grace. Like, he's been treated well there. He's a former world champion. He's constantly putting storylines that fit him. So congratulations to him. According to The Observer, 
former WWE talents are leery about doing jobs, which is a part of the holdup with AEW and Miro. So, immediately some background on this. So, apparently, Miro was given some creative. Say, hey, this is what the plan is for you I have. He didn't like the creative, and he nixed it, which is why he's been off TV. So, this makes me have a little more sympathy for Tony Khan here, if this is true. Because he does give his wrestlers a little more freedom. So, essentially, what happened, was, what's, what's been going on is, a lot of former WWE talents, with the exception of Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, have been like, hey, I don't really want to do too many jobs, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that, the third, right? And essentially, they want, they don't mind doing business, but they want they don't want to be treated like they were in WWE, which I don't think Tony Khan is done. Maybe in the, the case of Malachi Black, that's different. Brian Danielson's always going to put people above himself. Like, he's just, he just is. Um, but in this case, this sounds like a Miro decision. So here's my thing. I cannot be mad at Tony Khan or AEW if they say, hey, we want you back on TV. Here's what we got. And you don't like it. And you choose to stay at home. If he has that right to do that, then that's his right. But that's also his right to stay off television. So it sounds like more of a Miro thing at this point. You know, if these, things, if these rumors are true. Now, I don't I don't know what these reported plans are. I've, I've seen the reported plans. But because they were reported from a site, I didn't. I don't usually trust. <laughs> um, I was kind of like, oh, I'm good, you know. Um, but yes, this is that is a thing. So that, that's your Miro update. WWE has postponed its plans for an India live event to TBD. Also, WWE changes drug testing policy, and you won't be fired after the third failed test. Hold on, guys. Someone is blowing my phone up. Sorry about that, guys. My phone's blowing up at the moment. Jesus Christ. Okay. Which has never fucking happened when I'm recording. This is actually the first time in the two plus years I've been doing this show where, this, where my phone is like... I've had people like text me during the show, but it's been my, it's been my other phone. Anyways. So, like, legitimately, like, like, I have my phone here, and I double record myself to catch echoes and stuff. So, I have a mic in front of my face. I have my phone. So, they're both recording. No one usually texts the phone I'm recording on, but now they're like blowing my phone up. So, anyways, um, yeah, WWE changed your drug testing policy. You won't be fired after the third drug t- failed drug test, but you can be. I here's my thing. I I've always assumed, not assumed. I've always seen their drug testing policy like this. We have the right to fire you after any failed drug test. It's up to you to do what we want you to do afterwards. Like this whole thing with Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle just recently came out and said how much. Um, he's just working on himself and blah, blah, blah. And even the porn star he was supposedly cheating with has come out to defend herself and Matt Riddle and say, hey, they weren't in a monogamous, monogamous relationship, you know? That's why everyone's spending time, blah, blah, blah. So it's one of those things where I hope he's healthy and good, and that's none of my fucking business. So I'm going to leave that alone. But my point is I've always seen a drug testing policy like that. Because when I think of the drug testing policy, I think of 2007 to me where they started first having to announce it. They said, we're going to announce who, who tests positive. And I don't know if you guys remember or not, but in the summer of 2007, a bunch of people tested positive. I think Rey Mysterio, uh, Booker T, uh, Randy Orton. And, and, Randy, and, and in Rey Mysterio's case, he popped for something um, that was a banned substance, but he was prescribed it by a doctor. He had proof of it, but supposedly he didn't turn it in on time, which caused a rift between him and the company. And he ended up leaving later on, a little later on. 
um, not, not, it was a couple of years later, but it's, it's what caused him to say, I need a break. Because they said he turned in a day too late. But they, WWE did acknowledge that, hey, this was prescribed by a doctor. Then, on top of that, Booker T got popped and got suspended. What made him leave for TNA immediately was the fact that Randy Orton got popped, did not get suspended. As a matter of fact, he got the WWE Championship, which was always the plan. Even though he got it earlier than he was supposed to because uh, John Cena got hurt, he got the WWE Championship. And that's what caused Booker T to then leave the company. So I've always seen it like that because I think Booker T still had years on his contract, or at least a couple, at least one. And they let him out of his contract quick because they didn't want the blowback. So I could definitely, definitely see that, you know. So I, maybe they had to be more strict because they were announcing it, but I don't even... Clearly changes were made already earlier this year when supposedly, I'm doing air quotes again, Matt Rill popped his first test. We didn't hear anything about that. So supposedly, these, I think these changes were already made and we're just hearing these announcements. The same way how... We've never heard the announcement of these guys being able to be back on their Twitch streams or anything like that. But it feels like Triple H wants to keep those things under wraps. You know, but at the same time, you hear stories like the Devon Dudley story, which we'll get to soon. And I don't actually know. I don't know how, how what to think about it because I'm not behind the curtain, you know. But this is get to Devon Dudley story. So Devon Dudley was supposed to reunite for an extreme, extreme air quotes reunion. And so, uh, he was supposed to be in the corner of Bubba Ray. Now, if you guys don't know this, Devon had surgery, I think it was either earlier this year or late last year. And he almost died. He was, like, really sick and everything like that. So, he's not wrestling anymore. He's done wrestling. And he was not going to wrestle. It was just an event where he was going to show up, take pictures. As a matter of fact, I think I saw, like, a month ago, he was at some Comic-Con with Bubba Ray, right? Because, let's be real. <laughs> let's just be real, dude. As a collector myself, as someone who gets autographs myself... Dude, the worst thing is to have a tag team and to have to go to different conventions just to meet them, right? Now, Edge and Christian were two different stories. We've already heard those stories from me. But, like, those two are a package. We know this, right? And so it's one of those things where people want the W boys together. So they've been together at conventions and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, so... Um, essentially, he was going to uh, do the event, do pictures, autographs, and then end up being... Bowery's uh, corner. He I went to John Cohen, all the higher ups to say, "Hey, this is what my plan is. Can I make this appearance?" Blah blah. blah. They supported, uh, reportedly said, "Yeah, sure, make your appearance, no problem." Then all of a sudden, the day of, there's a report that Devon was going to be in trouble and that BCW were like forcing it and be statements. So I said, "Hey, no, dude. Like he could. He said he couldn't make it. We backed out and we left it at that, right?" So reportedly, Devon went to all the higher-ups, got approved. And then all of a sudden, Bruce Pritchard was the one that said, hey, you can't do that. We're not risking your health. Blah, blah. And Devon said, well, I'm just going to be in this corner. I'm not doing anything physical. I'm not throwing a punch, nothing. It's already been put in the contract. I'm not doing any of that. And he was like, okay, cool. So you need to go Triple H. And Triple H said, well, if you make the appearance, you're fired. And he used the reason of his health. So... I used to work for his corporation, liquor distributor. And I'll leave it there. I won't say the name of the company. I remember one of the higher-ups coming up as we were closing this office down and moving into a different office. 
and I was packing a bunch of stuff, moving a bunch of stuff, and I remember vividly one of the higher-ups coming to me, we're having a conversation, and he was like, well, I want to do this, this, and the third, but man, with this company, any little bit of liability is too much liability, so just let's just do this with it, toss it all, and I was like, okay, but then he said, well, we can't toss it all, because we had a homeless problem where the back, our dumpster was in the back of our building. The homeless, I didn't even know what that mean. homeless people lived in that part of the town because it was such a suburb. And so every morning I came in, I had to clean up behind because I was like, who's doing this? And soon I worked with it, oh, these are homeless people doing this. Like, yeah, that's why you shouldn't be putting broken bottles in there. But because apparently in this particular state that I lived in, they could sue even though they were going through our trash. I was like, wow, that's freaking crazy, right, dude? So that's what he meant by that. But then he said, toss it, because he got frustrated. He said, we can't toss it. So I said, how about this? How about we toss it, put a lock on it, give the lock to the, the landlord and say, hey, this is why we did what we did. All you got to do is unlock it, and then it's your... Once we're gone, it's your responsibility. We won't lock it until the night we leave. And he was like, okay, I can do that. You know, because once again, we paid for the lock ourselves. He can have a free lock now if that makes a deal, you know, whatever the fuck. And he was like, "Oh yeah, all I gotta do is walk up." And, and we, I saw, I literally saw a landlord like three times a week. So it wasn't like he was a landlord that was like out of state or anything. He had to go out. No, I saw him three times a week. He already knew me, whatever. And so, being at, at that place that was so corporate, they had to use a reason. They, they just didn't want to come in. John Cohen probably I said, "Hey, cool, man, go ahead, do do your thing." Well, you know, and then. It got to Triple H, and Triple H just was like, man, we already got Carl Anderson making appearances for New Japan on the same card as AEW Town and shit like that. He was like, man, I don't need no more of our people just promoting other brands. So he probably said, no, you're going to be fired for this reason. Uh, but, but he can't give you, he's not, that's, but giving the real reason sounds, uh, I guess, petty, but even then, he's under contract with WWE. So I can't, it's, and, and that's the thing. Devon thought he could, he could, he thought it wouldn't be an issue because he's not under a talent contract. He's under a producer contract, which are supposedly two different things. I don't think they are, though, because personally, like, what? How many times have you guys seen, this is to my Comic-Con heads, my convention heads, how many times have you seen any producers at these, con, at these conventions? I don't think I've seen any producers because I think they're probably of the same type of uh, feedback that the talent will get. You know, we need to be a part of this. So, anyways, that's my thing about that. Um, but yeah, just my point about that is to say their policies change as they want them to change, and that's because they're a corporation. Like I said, I work for enough corporations to know that I've walked in on a Monday, 4 a.m. Okay, this is what we're doing. By 5 p.m. that day, the policies already fucking changed. Tony Khan never chopped ROH to anyone else but Warner. I've loyalty to Warner. See, I heard this. And I, it's funny because I always thought, like, <sighs> I remember I heard two people. They were, they do, we were talking, and they were preaching to me. Well, I mean, preaching, they were like, nope, nope, nope. He couldn't get a deal because ROH is dead. I said, look here, I'm not saying ROH is alive and well. I said, I said, I said ROH has a heartbeat. But I said, I just don't think he, he approached everybody. And he said, and this, according to this, according to Fightful, 
This is true. Poor, he only shopped it to each like Warner Brother affiliates of loyalty to them. And if you think about it, it's smart. Because think about this. Warner Brothers executives didn't even want Chris Jericho showing up at the ROH pay-per-view. They and it, it took convincing to say, hey, he's about to lose the title, this is in the storyline. And apparently the story that's coming out now is that uh exec was like, all right, and he watched a couple of what a couple of segments of what Jericho was doing. And he liked it. He said, okay, this makes sense. Cool. So you have to remember, you can't do crossovers like that without getting approval. So I can only imagine, dude. You know? So, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, that's crazy to know that. But at the same time, it's like, man, uh, maybe they dodge a bullet, you know? So, I mean, I didn't, and honestly, I didn't even think about that last week when I when I was telling you guys that 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 set, that whole thing that happened. When I, I didn't think that that would ever be a problem. But yeah, you know, it's because Jericho's under an AEW contract. That's why that makes so like, like Bandito was under a AEW contract, right? Uh, I'm assuming Shane Taylor and all these people are under an AEW contract. So, like. That makes a lot of freaking sense. The fact that people, execs, wouldn't be like, "Hey, man, we're not giving our product away to this brand. We don't have any sale over, or we're not making any money over." Goes to the point of what this previous story was with Triple H. Like, why are we promoting all these brands? This, this, let's make it about our freaking brand, right? You know, so, so I get it. You know, even myself, I was just talking to my manager like maybe like a, two weeks ago, and we're putting together. Um, a soundtrack for Civilized Savage, the upcoming comic book. And, like, I, this one person wanted to be put in the soundtrack. I said, cool. And I don't mind paying artists. I don't. I really don't. But homie was like, man, I need this amount of money, X amount of dollars. I said, well, are you going to help promote this thing? Like, what what, 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 what am I getting out of besides a track? And track was, but for the record, track wasn't even good. He was like, oh, nah, man. This, no, this, this, this is my best track. I said, this is your best track. And motherfucker, why am I paying for this shit? This shit's terrible. I said, no, I'm not paying for this. I said, especially since you don't want to promote it. Not, nothing? Not even a mention on your Instagram? Nothing? Okay. I'm not paying for that. So, I get it. I really do. But I, but, I, but this, to my point, proves that he didn't shop it all around. So, But they probably dodged a bullet because if you're putting it on a streaming service and, and you have a one-off, right? And it's not with someone like Jericho. It's with like a, Dan, a Danny Garcia. Maybe so. Maybe it won't be an issue, but who knows? Who knows who the executives are like? If these executives like Danny Garcia, then guess what? There's a good chance they will say, hey, we don't want him on fucking that streaming service. Then you have to, then it's blocked. So, we'll see. Final note on William Regal and AEW. So, essentially, Regal had an opt-out contract, a clause in his contract, and so did AEW. So, essentially, even if AEW would not have granted him his release... On February 23rd, 2023, he could have opted out of his contract himself. Him going to them was his way of putting the olive branch out there and saying, hey, you've done me right. I've done you right. Can you give me this one last solid? So that's good to know. AEW and DAZN have uh, an agreement in place that we won't know about until next year. Uh, DAZN is an app. It's a sporting app. I actually looked it up. Um, I'm, I don't know if it's pronounced Dazen or just D-A-Z-N. I'm just, you know, saying D-A-Z-N because I've never heard this thing before. 
but uh, apparently they have a deal in place, but nothing will be announced until next year. John Cena will not be able to appear at many shows prior to Mania if he is indeed having a match. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, we already knew that, though. And Kevin Owens proved this year, if a legend doesn't show up, you can still be entertaining on your own and still build stuff. And if his match is going to be against Austin Theory, then I can see Austin Theory getting some entertainment segments in. So, we'll go from there. Chelsea Green shuts down her OnlyFans account. This is all in lieu to her supposed return to WWE. Um, and she may be just she may have been told, hey, you know, um, shut this shit down, you know, um, or it's your option to keep it up, and uh, we'll go from there. Um, but yeah, uh, let's get some raw notes real fast before we get out of here. Bronson Reed made his return to WWE. The former Jonah, who's had a hell of a year for himself, he defeated uh, Okada. In a one-on-one match, cleanly has now returned, and he's aligned with the Miz. Um, I don't get anything out of this. I do know Bronson Reed and Gargano had a, a, a good feud in, in NXT, so we know they can have some matches. But obviously, this is leading to a Loomis and Gargano tag team match versus Miz and Reed. I'm happy Reed's getting a chance on the main roster. Um, look here, I was never a fan of the guy, uh, only because. Rewind that. I was never much of a fan of what they were doing with him until he started feuding with the Gargano. Um, but I like his style because his style reminds me of Bam Bam Bigelow, and I like Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, so, so yeah, you know, um, I, I have nothing to really say about it. I, I thought about this. I, even while we're just dancing, I don't have much to say about it. I'm just happy he's getting an opportunity. They brought the guy up on the main roster for some dark matches. Did nothing with him. You know, so I'm like, you can't, you can't go wrong. Look here, New Japan put this guy over Okada for one match. There's something there. There's just, there just is. And I have to believe there's something there too. You know, so. Good look for him. This was actually an interesting night too because the bloodline... Due to Kevin Owens' actions and constantly coming on SmackDown, constantly being a nuisance, it caused the bloodline to come on Raw and take over Raw. They they started out by beating people. This reminded me of like an NWO segment where like they legit beat everybody up. They beat Gallows and Anderson up. They beat up um, freaking Mustafa Ali and whoever else there was there. And um, it was just like beat down, beat down. And I liked, actually liked it because they're talking trash as they were doing it. You know, AJ Styles came out to try to help out Anderson and Gallows. He ended up having a one-on-one match against uh, Sami Zayn, which he lost. I liked all this until the end, where Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, uh, excuse me, Kevin Owens and uh, Seth Rollins defeated the blood, uh, the Usos. I just don't like how much these guys, for these guys, and once again, I'm, I didn't do my research. I'm sure they knew they lost just as much. Not, not, no, I'm not. <laughs> I am not. The Usos just lose so fucking much, dude. Usos lose so so much. I just don't like it. But anyways, I thought this was a good Raw overall because of that. Also, there's a rumor. I saw this rumor online. I was like, man. Uh, I think it's an interesting rumor. And I know where it came from. I'm not going to say where it came from. 
but I think it's interesting. So, supposedly, the rumor is when Seth Rollins gets his championship match next week, which I believe is going to be the January 2nd edition of Raw, first Raw of the new year, supposedly Cody Rhodes makes his return there to cost Seth Rollins his championship match. Supposedly. I saw this and I was like, that makes sense. But like having two baby faces feud right now, it doesn't. Seth Rollins is a baby face now, even though he. I mean, maybe that was the reason for that that heel promo he cut on Monday was to confuse you and 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 throw you off. I don't know. Um, so I was like, I, I I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So it's an interesting rumor though. I, I thought I'd just put that out there. Let's talk about Dynamite. Dynamite was actually pretty good. Um, the Elite, they won their match to make the series 3-2. to two. Afterwards, the Elite got beat down, and uh, I think it was Nick. They got bloody. They beat the hell out of him, and Phoenix is trying to stop Penta and, and uh, Pac here. And here's the issue I have. Yeah, Phoenix, I get your good guy, homie, but they're trying to take your championships. Grow some balls and beat the fuck out of these guys, dude. Like, what's, what are you doing right now, homie? Like, what are you doing? You know, just, just really fucking weird. Uh, Brian Danielson uh, was cutting a promo when Ego Ethan Page came out. And Ego has been getting a lot of screen time. A lot of screen time. And here's my thing, right? So, I like Page. And I, I know some people have been saying how he's been underutilized. I think they've, look here. For everything they've done wrong, AEW, I still feel like they've done some stuff right. When they were doing nothing with Eagle, Ethan Page, and Scorpio Sky, they put them together as Man of the Year. Whether you liked it or not, it doesn't matter. They got TV time. Scorpio Sky got two TNT Championship reigns out of it. He had an undefeated streak, which was the most quiet undefeated streak of all fucking time. But it was still an undefeated streak. And so I, I'm not, I can't be mad about that, right? Ever since then, Eagle Page has been cutting promos. I still think about that promo at... He cut when he was in a tournament with Miro and how he said something about uh, he's Jesus on the chair. I can't remember the line, but I remember Scorpio Sky. I remember when, when uh, I, I didn't watch that promo live. Oh, it was like a video package. Excuse me. I remember someone sent it to me. And I remember I was like, okay, you know, whatever. I started watching it. Wasn't paying attention. And then I, I legit was like writing something down. I heard the line. I turned my head to the screen. I see Scorpio Sky's face. And I know I didn't just hear that. I know. I, I felt like. You, you feel when you first get into, like, hip-hop music and you hear your first really dope metaphor and you're like, what? 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 What do you say? How did his brain come up with that? I remember one of the lines that still gets me to this day. It's on a song called Made You Look, the remix with Nas. Nas had a song called Made You Look. He did a remix with Jada Kiss and Ludacris. And Ludacris, his last bar is, I got more shit out on the street than evicted tenants. The first time I heard that was on the radio at dating myself. I heard this shit on the fucking radio. And I remember I was driving, I was like, what? Ooh, ooh, what, why? Ooh. Wow. That's why I felt about him. He's been on a roll. I think the thing with him is, they keep putting him with people when he can talk himself. I don't quite get that. You know, maybe, I, 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 I'm trying to understand that aspect of it. Because, like, they keep putting him with people, and I'm like, but he doesn't need anybody. He can talk himself. Now, I do think him and Stokely work. 
because I don't think the guns can really talk very well. And Morrissey or Bill, Big Bill, whatever you want to call him now, he definitely can't fucking talk. That's why Enzo was the best thing for him. But Ego can talk, you know. So it's good to see him get some shine. Uh, this segment, I thought, I thought the segment worked, especially when Brian well, talked about the glare off of Stokely's head. And you just see the deadpan face from Stokely and say, "You raggedy bitch." You, it worked, you know. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing that match. I still haven't decided. I had some people ask me. Yes, I do know AEW is in Colorado next Wednesday. It was it's the first big arena. It's in Westminster. I've been there before. The only AEW show I've ever been to was in Colorado. Um, it looks like it's going to be fun. It's a trios battle royal. It's fucking uh, Brian versus Ego. It looks like it's going to be a good, good on paper. <sighs> Let me tell you guys something. It's colder than a mother bleeper out here. It was... I've never actually been in cold weather like this before. Never, ever, ever, ever been in cold. Like, I've been in cold weather, but never in the negatives. And mind you, I was living in Maryland during the worst snowstorm in Maryland history. And it, that was still not negative. It was, it was just constantly fucking snowed. And the snow got to unproportionate heights, right? But to be in negative freaking 35 degree weather, it just it's not the lifestyle for me, which is why I'm getting the fuck out of here. But um, I don't know. I got to see what the weather's like. Like, today's weather's better. Uh, I think it's like 10 degrees. <laughs> but look here, it's better than negative. Um, so anyways, um, yeah. So, but we'll see. Um, if, if, if I'm up for it, I'll go for sure. It'll be something fun to do for sure. So, um, yeah. Anyways, um, but I thought the second one was good. Anyways, Hater versus Sheeta. You need to watch this woman's match. These two shined. And it's good to see Sheeta back on TV. I know she's like the Regina King or Regina Bell or... Or whatever, Del Rey's, Del Rey's, or wherever the fuck champion right now. I don't know what. No disrespect to that promotion. I don't know. I never heard of this shit until I saw her with the belt. But um, I know she's there. But the fact that she's on TV more now is is a breath of fresh air, and it's great for. It's just great, you know, because she's she's a star, and she should be fucking shining all the time, you know. So. Uh, also, a, a segment that I wasn't too sure about as we're wrapping up here on these last few things. Swerve Scott has started a new uh, uh, group called Mogul Affiliates. It has Parker Brudeau and someone who I never heard of until then. Tats on his face, etc., etc. Rick Ross is in the whole thing. The, the, the spot with the cinder block was dope, right? And you can kind of see this coming when, at the end of uh, their match at ROH Death Before Dishonor, uh, Shane Taylor was hugged by Keith Lee. You kind of saw this coming. But Swerve doesn't need a group. Swerve is a badass on his own. Now, I'm sure he wanted the group, you know, but I don't know how I feel about this. You know what? They're try- they're, you know what? Parker Boudreau can't say WWE and AEW didn't try with him because they're, they're trying. And you know what? Now he's in the swerve. Good luck to them. I could care less about this segment. I thought the funniest part of the segment was when Rick Ross just casually dropped the MF bomb. Like, hey, we're now on nationally tel- national television. So I was like, all right, whatever. You know? But anyways. But don't know how I feel about that. But I don't like that he, that, that he feels he needs a group because he doesn't. 
But he, wants, but he might want to be a leader. So I can't even have that either. FTR loses to the gun club because they cheated. Look here. I saw a lot of people pissed about this. I was not pissed. I thought this was cool. Because this is what FTR needs. They're hot. They're going on. They've been misappreciated. They go on a losing streak. They lost it for the last three matches, right? And the title. And they're probably going to lose in New Japan. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom. And then they, go, just, they come alive. I think this is leading to them winning the AEW championship, Tag Team Championships next year. Against who? I don't know. I, I, it could be against the acclaimed. But they've legitimately lost. So I think this is leading up to... I think this losing streak is leading to them going from having all the gold to having nothing to them building themselves back up. That's what I'm hoping at least. Ricky Starks got an offer to join the Jericho Appreciation Society. He politely turned it down. If you could say that was polite. Got beat down for his troubles. Action and Dreddy made the save. Uh, at the end, Jericho and Starks for, I think, this week, upcoming um, uh, Dynamite. And then later on, Action and Dreddy got fireball to the face. So uh, that, that was your Dynamite notes. Those are your notes for today's podcast. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm going to say this one more time. You have a Wednesday show this week, um, and which is the last Wednesday show before hiatus. Period, bottom line. Then next week... New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, January 2nd, January 3rd. You're getting four straight fucking shows. Two of them have been recorded. Uh, I'm going to record the other one, I don't know, in a couple days. I have time. Um, and it's just going to be a nice wrap-up and a nice thank you to you guys for this year and the last couple of years as we're going to hiatus. And then I will definitely announce when I'm coming back so you guys will not be thrown off. But um, we'll get to that when we get to that. You guys have a good Christmas. Hope you guys had a great Christmas. Hope you guys have a great New Year. As um, I probably won't be talking to you guys again new-wise until January 2nd. So talk to you then. You guys have a great day. Be blessed. This is Soul Chemical. I see things a little differently. And I'm out.